From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, Mike DeNiro, and this is episode 231 of the Wrestling DeLorean, but it might as well be episode one, because not only are we live on Twitch for the very first time with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast at The Wrestling DeLorean, we're also live on Facebook, but most importantly, we are live on the Circle of Debate YouTube channel. So if you aren't already subscribed to Circle of Debate, Make sure you go subscribe to the Circle of Debate YouTube channel right now because we're bringing the Wrestling DeLorean podcast to you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on top of the regular Circle of Debate broadcast that we bring to you every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday and Wednesdays for the MMA show. Didn't forget that one. But definitely today we have a super stack show for you. We're talking all about this past weekend, SmackDown, AEW Rampage, and AEW Battle for the Belt 3. It was definitely a stacked show. But before we get into that, I got to salute all my Wrestling DeLorean passengers from all over the world. Thank you so much for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. Without you, there would be no us, and we wouldn't be on this platform that we're on right now. It is you that got us here live. It is you that got us to the circle of debate. It is you that got us to the League of Extraordinary Podcasts. So without you guys, I am nothing. I am nothing. So nada. Nothing. So thank you so much for riding with the circle of debate and the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. If you don't already, follow on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. And follow on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod for all the updates and news for all the Wrestling DeLorean podcast and circle debate. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get to right now. I cut that beat off before it got too hot. You know what I mean? First of all, let's listen. I haven't been able to do this because I never went live. So let's get right into these comments. We got comments already. Independent Epicenter, thank you for joining us. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here. We got the homie Blackheart was good. We got the homie Dom, the South Philly Psycho was good. Thanks so much. I appreciate you. By the way, happy anniversary to you and Lady Psycho. You know what I mean? Yo, I am so... I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to start. You know, usually I start out because I'm on the mornings. I say thank you for allowing me into your Monday morning routine. But we'll be live here every 7 o'clock, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So this is more of the, you know, I guess evening routine right before you guys probably tune into Monday Night Raw. But we have a super stack show for you. I'm going to be talking all about this past weekend's wrestling, everything from SmackDown and all the happenings of the ending of SmackDown 
the surprise return of Karrion Cross. I'll be talking a little bit about AEW Rampage, and I'll also be talking about AEW Battle of the Belts. But first, first, I got to give a big shout-out to one of my sponsors, 3fallsbrand.com. If you don't know what 3fallsbrand is, it is the best rock and wrestling merchandise on the motherfucking planet. But not just that. They are also the home of the Wrestling DeLorean merchandise. So if you want to support the podcast, copy yourself a shirt at 3fallsbrand.com. I'm going to let the homie Mean Gene tell you a little about the podcast, a little bit about the brand, and all that other shit. So here's Mean Gene for Three Falls Brand. Hey, listeners. This is Mean Gene of Three Falls Brand. Are you a fan of wrestling? Are you also a fan of rock music? If so, check out threefallsbrand.com for all your WrestlePunk merch. We've got tons of wrestler and band mashup designs to choose from, whether it be RVD and Black Sabbath, Atsushi Onita and the Lower Class Brats, Doink the Clown and the Addicts, or Mortis and the Misfits. We've got you covered. Also, follow us on Instagram at 3FallsBrand. Again, check us out at 3FallsBrand.com and on Instagram at 3FallsBrand. Thanks, and continue enjoying this episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. So definitely go check out 3FallsBrand.com. That is T-H-R-E-E. Falls brand for all your best rock and wrestling merchandise and wrestling DeLorean podcast merchandise. If you want to copy yourself a shirt, we got three beautiful designs, but I'm also here to announce my big new sponsor, new sponsor of the show. Where is it? Where is it? Boom. Manscaped. We are now officially sponsored by Manscaped. We got, you know, we got a coupon code. So go, go to manscaped.com. Purchase whatever you want to purchase, but make sure you purchase it with the coupon code DeLorean in all caps to get 20% off. Look at what you could get from Manscaped. This little travel bag, a nice little travel bag. You know what I mean? What we got here? We got, we got the lawnmower. Copy yourself the lawnmower, 20% off. We got crop preserver. You know what I mean? Yo, you, your balls will thank you. Your balls will thank you. So go copy yourself. What else we got? What is this? What is this? If you got a little of the nose hair, if you got the ear hair, copy yourself the weed whacker. All for 20% off on three. I almost said threefold brand. All for 20% off on manscaped.com using the code DeLorean. I'm so thankful that we are now sponsored by Manscaped. So definitely shout out to Manscaped. Thank you so much for supporting the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. And make sure you go purchase all your male cosmetic needs at Manscaped. You know, like I said, your balls. Well, thank you. Anyway, let, let's get into the show right now. We're going to start out with WWE SmackDown from this past Friday. I personally thought that this was another phenomenal show. Honestly, it was hella dope. It's clear that Triple H is definitely, you know, doing a reset of everything that's been going on with the WWE. We saw it with Monday Night Raw. I said on numerous shows, including the Turnbuckle Tavern, which I was on, check it out today on the debate show. Monday's debate show on Turnbuckle Tavern. I was on that show. Check it out. Um, I mentioned how I felt like the three hours of Raw this past week was the fastest three hours I remember it beating in fucking years. Because, real talk, Raw always dragged to me. Like, I'm not going to lie. Raw always was a hard watch. It was always hard to sit through. I always felt like it had its ups and its downs, but there was always a lot of shit that I felt like was way too cartoony, way too, just not for me. But this past Monday, 
was, in my opinion, the best Raw in years. And it was an easy sit-through. Three hours went by. It felt like an hour. And I was so excited to see what was going to happen on SmackDown because I was coming off of the high of an amazing SummerSlam pay-per-view, which I talked about ad nauseum how much I loved. I'm coming off of the high of an amazing Raw. And I got to say, SmackDown did not disappoint. I thought that it was a great episode of SmackDown, especially with, uh, with the ending. But first of all, let's check this out. We got... Thanks. Yeah, thank you very much, Blackheart. I appreciate you, man. Everyone support OTTR Off the Top Rose podcast. We got Dom here. Thanks, fam. Congratulations again, Dom, for real. We got the man himself. We got the host of Circle Debate in the chat. What's good? We got Ivan up in here. What's good, man? You're great fruits. Well, thank you. Yes, definitely cop some shit from uh, Manscaped. But when you do, make sure you use the code. Courtney, how you doing? Hell yeah, we making history. We are making history with this episode, episode 231. Lennox was good, my man. Thanks for always supporting. Real talk, you're a real one. Everybody in the chat, I appreciate you guys. So, yeah, let's get into it. Right off the bat, I thought that this show was better balanced. It had great wrestling on it. All the storylines, I felt like it, it made sense. And I want to start out with that, uh, was it Lud Ludwig or Ludwig? Kaiser matchup against Shinsuke Nakamura. That was an amazing matchup. I really love the chemistry between the two. And I think that Nakamura versus Gunta is going to be a hell of a matchup. Real talk, like, I don't think you could get two more talented wrestlers under, like, underappreciated wrestlers, too. You know, these guys could be a world champion in any promotion that they're in. So having them wrestle here for the Intercontinental title, I think is going to bring a lot of prestige to that title, something that that title been lacking. And that's something I'm looking forward to with the Triple H regime. I'm really looking forward to see how Triple H elevates titles like the IC title and the U.S. title, making them mean something again. Because in my opinion, for a long time, these titles were just props. So if they could mean something again under Triple H's regime, I'm all for it. You know, the IC title growing up was my, it was my favorite world champion. It was always one of my favorite titles just because it was the workhorse champion. It was the title that you gave some of the best wrestlers. And I specifically remember Shawn Michaels holding that title when I was a kid. And it was because of his intercontinental title reign that I became a Shawn Michaels fan. And he became my favorite wrestler growing up. It was because of that title. You know, I remember reigns by Cody Rhodes when he brought back the white strap. Like, it brought prestige to that title. You know, reigns by Razor Ramon. Reigns by fucking, yo, know, the list goes on and on. A who's who has held the IC title. So I think that it's only right that you bring that title back up to the prestige that it deserves. Same thing with the U.S. title. You know, that was a title that has a lot of prestige, whether it's from NWA, WCW, and now the WWE. Legends held that title. Legends like Dusty Rhodes. Legends like Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Legends like John Cena, if you want to talk about more modern. Legends like Eddie Guerrero held that title. So it's good to see that these titles are being elevated once again. And matches like Shinsuke Nakamura versus Gunther is going to elevate that title. That matchup could be a main event in any company. And it's happening here for the IC title, and that's saying a lot. Speaking of champions, I also want to shout out how they are finally going to be doing something with the women's tag team titles. You know, we, we heard about a tournament that was supposed to go down for these tag team titles, and then nothing happened after uh, the titles were vacated by Sasha Banks and Naomi. 
it is announced that tonight on Raw, we're going to see the first round of the Women's Tag Team Tournament. Um, I think that this is the perfect way to reintroduce Sasha Banks and Naomi if they did re-sign with the WWE. Because what you could do is you could have whoever team wins that title win the titles, win the tournament, and then have Sasha Banks and Naomi come out and be like, yo, we never lost it. And then you could have a feud right there between Sasha Banks and Naomi versus whoever wins the tournament and the titles. But that is if, that's a big if, if Sasha Banks and Naomi is indeed back with the WWE. Clark Street was good. Yo, hey, I will acknowledge it. It is Tribal Chief Day. I'm with you on that one. But thank you very much for joining. I appreciate you. Jofo in the ring, thank you so much. The League of Extraordinary Podcasts is live and in full effect for here, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate all the support. Real talk. Dom says, SummerSlam and Raw flew by last year. I couldn't wait. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, these shows are flying by now because it's a good show to sit through. Like, I feel like when you have a good show to sit through, it doesn't feel like a drag. Like, Raw could have been five hours. I probably would have sat through it and enjoyed every fucking second of it. Where back in the day, Raw was 30 minutes, and I thought it was going too long already. But definitely excited to see what's going on with the women's tag team titles. I will be remiss if I didn't mention what went down with Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan came out, and she was booed by the fans. <sighs> fans are very fickle. Very fickle. I remember it wasn't too long ago. She, she won that title, and everybody was excited for her. Everybody said she deserved it. And now all of a sudden, everybody's booing her. And I don't get it. I don't get why. Like, Liv Morgan is a hard worker. Liv Morgan deserves that spot. She, she put in the work. And to be honest, like, I'm a little biased. Liv Morgan is a fan of the show. Like, I have had a conversation with Liv Morgan, which was hella dope. And she is a fan of the show. You know, I would love to have her on, but you know how that goes with WWE's PR and shit. But I got to say, like, I don't understand why you would be booing her now. I would be the first to say I didn't like the finish between her and Ronda Rousey at SummerSlam. I didn't think that it was a finish that made anyone look strong. But I think it's going a little too far to, to boo her now. Like, she hasn't even really hit that stride in her title reign yet. She hasn't really gotten the chance to really run with that title. So are we really going to turn on her before she even has that opportunity? Let's see. In the immortal words or John, of John Moxley, I ain't doing that shit. <laughs> yep, exactly. Wait, wait. I, I actually think. Let me let me see how I find this. I think that my man Ivan got the clip. If I could find it quickly. Uh, anyway, anyway. So the thing is, I don't know if it's too early. Like people are starting to boo her now, but. I don't know. Like, to be honest, I think that we still got to give her a chance. Her title reign's still fresh. It's still new. You still got to give her a chance. Clark Street, my man, appreciate the acknowledgement of Tribal Chief Day. Exactly. Throw your ones in the air. And we're about to get into the Tribal Chief right now. What's up, Dom? Happy anniversary for sure. Yeah, we're about to get into the Tribal Chief right now because SmackDown ended on a banger. SmackDown ended with a fucking news-breaking story. And it's funny because I was watching the Top Rope Wrestling Talks uh, podcast on Friday, and they were talking about guys that they would love to see come back to WWE now that Triple H is in charge. And shout out to Dom. Dom did say he would like to see Karrion Cross. And little less than two hours later, 
Karrion Cross makes his return to WWE. So I was first one in the chats. So I was like, yo, Dom, check out the fucking show. Like, Karrion Cross is back. But let's talk about it. Roman Reigns comes out. He's over here talking about, you know, conquering um, Brock Lesnar. He says that he hates Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar took out the wise man. And then out comes Drew McIntyre. Obviously, I'm thinking that they're about to build towards their matchup at Clash at the Castle. But instead, we had the big surprise. Karrion Cross comes out. Well, first, we see Scarlett. So first of all, we already know that Karrion Cross is the full package. It's back to Karrion Cross and Scarlett. This is not Gladiator fucking Pulp Fiction gimp looking Karrion Cross. This was fucking NXT black and gold Karrion Cross. So already I was happy. As soon as I heard the music, I fucking popped. As soon as I heard that song, and then I see Scarlett, I'm like, oh shit, shit's about to go down. And then out comes Karrion Cross from behind. He attacks Drew McIntyre and absolutely decimates him. Fucking banging his head against the steel steps, making the shit look real vicious. Uh, and then we had Scarlett Bardot with the, what do you call that, the fucking hourglass. And it's symbolism that Karrion Cross is going to be going after Roman Reigns in that title. I was very excited to see this. I'm not too hyped. I'm not too excited for Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. Because in actuality, like, I've seen that match a couple times. They have good chemistry and all, but I, I just wanted fresh faces for Roman Reigns. You know, a lot of people saying Roman Reigns' title reign is going stale. I don't think so. I think that they could easily save this because there is still fresh matchups for him. You could still have a Roman Reigns versus Gunther match set up down the line. You could still have Roman Reigns versus Bobby Lashley down the line. So there's still fresh matchups for Roman Reigns you could do. So Roman versus Drew, I was a little like, eh, I'm not really excited for that one because it's not really a fresh matchup for Roman Reigns. But with the addition of Karrion Cross, I am intrigued. First of all, Karrion Cross, Killer Cross, whatever you want to call him, friend of the podcast, Circle of Debate. If you haven't checked out the Circle of Debate interview with Karrion Cross from PCW Ultra, check that shit out. Karrion Cross is the man. I'm a little disappointed myself because I was supposed to see the homie at August 28th's House of Glory. Now, I don't know if he's still on that show. I mean, if the WWE allows him to make that appearance, that'll be dope. But I was looking forward to seeing Karrion Cross versus Low Key. I might not be able to see that matchup now. But still, it's great to see Cross back. It was actually Cross and not Crush from them. <laughs> Facts, right? The fucking... Man, I don't know. He looked more like a gimp than a goddamn gladiator to me. But anyway, Karrion Cross being back in the WWE with the regular Karrion Cross gimmick with Scarlett, the full package, like I said, the NXT Karrion Cross that we saw dominate the black and gold brand. I'm excited for this. That was a guy that was intriguing. That was a guy who made shit believable. That was a guy who brought more eyes, I believe, to the black and gold brand. Um... I, I thought that they did him dirty. For sure they did him dirty with him coming up as the NXT champion, losing to Jeff Hardy in a couple seconds. Then he drops the title to Samoa Joe. That was fine. But then they bring him up to the main roster and they don't know what the hell to do with him. They already took away half of his fucking presentation by taking away Scarlet. And then you also, on the other hand, then dress him up like a gladiator, put a little fucking, like Dom said, demolition mask on him. It was like, come on, is this really what we want to see? Like, the guy had the full package. The guy had it all. And we're already fucking with his gimmick, which showed that Vince McMahon had no idea what to do with a guy like Karrion Cross, which already writes itself for you. The guy had the full package. He has the size. He has the talent. He has the mic skills. But you don't know what to do with him. 
that shows me right there that this man was out of touch. But whatever. We're not going to go down that path. We already know, whatever, Vince is gone. This version of Karrion Cross is what I want to see on the main roster. This is the version of Karrion Cross that I believe had the potential to be a WWE champion. And now he very well could be because he will be fighting. I'm presuming it will be a three-way against uh, Drew and Roman Reigns. Um, Fightful Sean Ross Sapp did report that the USA Network is a little upset that there's no world champion on Raw and that they don't get enough Roman Reigns on Raw. So they want those titles split again. They want those titles split. Now, I think that the best way you could do this is to have a three-way at Clash of the Castle and have a two out of, not a two out of three falls match, but maybe like a two falls match where the first matchup is a three-way for the universal title. The second matchup is a three-way for the world title. And whoever wins one of those titles has to go to Raw. We need a title represented on Raw. Uh, I think that was a bad decision by Vince McMahon to combine those two titles and then only keeping that champion on SmackDown because Raw is lacking a world champion. So with that being said, I'm not saying Roman Reigns loses both of them, but Roman Reigns might have to lose one of them to bring a champion to Raw or you have Roman Reigns on both shows. But Roman Reigns is not typically on Raw. So... And especially with Roman Reigns getting a lighter schedule, I don't see how you would do Roman Reigns on both shows. So with that being said, you got to split the titles up. I'm not saying Roman Reigns losing both. I could see Roman Reigns continuing his universal title run. You, Roman Reigns doesn't even need to be pinned. Drew or Karrion Cross could pin each other and then go to Raw as a champion, and Roman Reigns still doesn't even need to be pinned, but could still hold on to one of those titles. So I think that that's the out. But it's going to be interesting to see how they push Karrion Cross into this world title picture right off the bat. Um, it's great to see Triple H bringing back some of the guys that this man got rid of because he had no idea what to do with them. It's good to see this man, well, it's good to see Triple H, I should say, righting the wrongs that this man made. So, with that being said, you know, let me know in the chat who are some other guys that you would like to see Triple H bring back? I know the obvious one right now for me is Johnny Gargano. I would love to see Gargano back. I would love to see, um, well, a big one for me would be Jonah, but Jonah is crushing it right now in New Japan. I don't know if he has a signed deal with New Japan. He might still be a free agent. I don't know if he's signed, but I would love to see Bronson Reed back because Bronson Reed was a guy who I thought could have been a really good big man for the main roster. But I'm just happy to see uh, Triple H bringing back some of the guys that should have been there all along. So definitely, I'm really excited to see Karrion Cross. I think that he's a phenomenal talent. What we got here? We got the man. We got the devious one saying, like, Mania 2000, like, like Angle defended the IC title in European titles. Yes, that was a great matchup. If you remember, I believe Kurt Angle lost the first one to uh, Jericho and the other one to Benoit. So, like, yeah, it was a two-falls matchup, and he had two titles, and both titles was on the line, right? We got Lennox saying... I want to see the universal title gone, bring back the big gold belt. Hell yes. Yo, first of all, if Triple H is going to make any changes, get rid of that fucking WWE logo belt. Shit looks ass. That shit looks like a fucking toy. You know what I mean? Bring back the fucking winged eagle belt. Shit. Yeah, but the big old undisputed title before it was, uh, when it was brought as one title, that original title was dope too. So shout out to Dom. I like that. 
Clark Street, there's only one man I allow to dethrone the tribal chief, and that's Seth Rollins. Hey, I'm with that. That's what I'm saying. Like, Roman Reigns doesn't even need to lose both titles. Roman Reigns could lose one title, and he doesn't even need to be pinned. But then he could win the second fall and still keep his 700-plus day reign going on. So I think that that would be a good out to get, keep a title on Raw and on SmackDown. Gargano for sure. AOP with Triple H in control could really act. Yeah, that'd be dope too. If they brought back AOP and if they brought him back with uh, Paul Ellering, whew, that'd be fire. Right now, you can see that the tag team divisions on both uh, Raw and SmackDown are starting to heat up, which is another thing I think that's going to change. This McMahon wasn't too big on tag team wrestling. I think that that's going to change because, you know, Triple H appreciates tag team wrestling. Shit. Clark, uh, Dom says to Clark Street, Seth Rollins should have dethroned him at Rumble. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I like Seth Rollins a lot, and I would be open to him winning the title eventually, but I'm really liking this reign by uh, Roman Reigns. I'm really liking this length that he has, and hopefully it's going to go down in history as a historic reign because right now I see a lot of people getting tired of it, a lot of people saying that they're getting bored with it. Me personally, I think we're in the midst of a historic reign and people need to actually see that we're going to be watching history every time this man defends his title. Like, I want to see him get to 1,000. Shit, I want to see him defend that title against The Rock at WrestleMania. That's the rumors right now. Rock versus Roman had that shit for the title. And then you know what? As much as a Rock fan as I am, have fucking Roman beat The Rock too. Fuck that shit. You know what I mean? Go on with that title reign. That would be fucking awesome. But anyway... We'll be right back. When we come back from this commercial break, we're going to be talking all about the weekend for AEW, AEW Battle of the Belts, AEW Rampage. And then we're going to be talking, we're going to be going back in time like we do here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. That's what makes us different. We go back in time. We're going to be going all the way back to September 22nd, 1997, Monday Night Raw versus Nitro. Stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss it. We'll be right back. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. 
Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. talk about it right now because AEW, I'm not going to lie. I'm a big AEW fan. I love AEW. You know what I mean? I, I proved that time and time again. It's to the point where people call me an AEW mark, whatever. I'm not, I'm not the type to choose a company over another. Like, I like what's good and that's it. You know what I mean? I like what's good. So when AEW is good, I'm going to tell you it's good. When it's bad, I'm going to tell you it's bad. Same thing with the WWE, New Japan, ECW. Well, not ECW. Back in the day, I'll tell you that. But fucking Impact Wrestling, MLW, whatever it is, I'll tell you when something's good, in my opinion, when something's bad, in my opinion. And I'm not going to lie. I feel like as good as AEW is, there's a problem that no one's talking about. And that is wrestlers not being happy especially in the climate now of fucking triple h running raw and running the wwe's uh creative especially with the climate of visic man being gone i already mentioned this before there's going to be more and more wrestlers that talk about wanting to go back to the wwe wrestlers who just won't resign with AEW just to test the free asian market so it came out yesterday that Miro isn't too happy with his position with the company. Can you really blame him? Ever since Miro lost that title, that TNT title, he hasn't really done much. We got the tease of this feud with the House of Black, but, you know, the way AEW does their feuds and does their storylines, things get stretched out really, really long. And then from there, we may see it once or twice a month talked about. And then we may not talk about it again. And then we'll fucking have it on pay-per-view. Like, right before the pay-per-view, we'll really try to build it really quick. It's like, I just feel like 
there's too much that it's hard to say, you know, it, it's hard. Cause I, I love the fact that they have a super stacked roster still to this day. I'll say AEW has the best roster in professional wrestling, but having that big of a roster and having only three hours of television a week, not including AEW dark, only having three hours of television a week, you're going to run into issues. And now you have some of the bigger names saying that they're unhappy or at least like presumably unhappy because not only did someone, well, Miro is making it known that he would rather a better position, but when someone put out a tweet, how Miro deserves better and there's wrestlers who deserve better, that tweet was liked by Andrade and Andrade is another wrestler who I believe deserves better. AEW does so many great things, but they have a super stacked roster of superstars who are ready to go right now and would be a champion anywhere else they go. So you got to capitalize on these names, and it's hard to capitalize on these names when you have fucking 600 goddamn people on your roster and only three hours of television. So that's where things are going to become a problem. Like, you don't want to make guys like Andrade and Miro unhappy knowing how talented they are, knowing what type of fan base they bring. Knowing what type of demographic they bring. That's why I'm saying, like, this is something that needs to be figured out. You know, people would say it's a good problem to have when you have too many people on the roster, when you have too many stacked, but it's a problem nonetheless. Whether it's a good problem or a bad problem, the key word is problem. You're going to run into a brick wall. It's a problem. So let, let, let's see. We got Dom here. Let's see. Because you enjoy wrestling no matter what the letters are in front of it. I do too, but I'll bash and praise anyone. Exactly, bro. Real talk. Kofi Wheatston, what's good, my boy? Shout out to the Dirty Hills podcast. Not your average fucking podcast, right? AEW does have the best roster, but Triple H, honestly, is one of the best minds in the biz. I totally agree. And that's why I feel like it's going to get to a point where, you know, Triple H is doing such good shit on the other side that AEW's talent, when they become free agents, might want to test the free agent market instead of staying with AEW. That's why it's very important at this moment for AEW to keep people happy. It seemed like Miro had a problem with a guy like Mance Warner not being with the company, coming in and getting a, a not a title shot, but a shot at John Moxley. And here's Miro who's been killing it and not even in one title matchup for the world title. So that's, that's the stuff that will piss people off. You know what I mean? Like, Let's see. The roster is stacked. Unfortunately, one man has been doing the bulk of the work for it and Ring of Honor. I'm hoping adding to the backstage team changes that. But only time is going to tell. I agree. I agree. Now, I said this on the Turnbuckle Tavern. I said that the best thing I believe AEW could do, in my opinion, is make Tony Khan just the money man and then put somebody in charge of running the show. Like, it's that's not a... That's not a fucking diss towards Tony Khan. That's just me being real. Tony Khan has way too much on his hands. Tony Khan is not just running AEW. Not just AEW corporate, but creative. He's running Ring of Honor. He's involved with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He got his soccer team. So it's like there's too much for one man to handle. At a certain point, you burn out. And I believe that we're in the midst of seeing Tony Khan burn out. Because you have all the pieces right in front of you to have a very compelling show. But all those pieces 
are sitting and catering. And that's a problem. So I think that the best thing AEW could do to move forward in a positive direction is to put someone in charge of wrestling, put someone in charge of the creative. And you take more of a step back. Even though the roster was a lot smaller, I do feel like the shows were a little bit more cohesive in that first year when Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega was running the show. Because I feel like, at least at that time, it didn't feel like a thousand different things and everything felt rushed. Everything feels rushed now. Everything doesn't get time to breathe. Let shit breathe a little bit. It's too much, oh my God, this guy just turned. All right, now let's go backstage and Tony Schiavone's interviewing Jay Cargill. Or fucking... Yo, Excalibur goes a thousand miles per second just talking about what's going down on Rampage. Let's go on Rampage. We got John Moxley going against. Like, dude, calm down. Let shit breathe. Let your fucking viewers breathe with the show. Let shit breathe. And I feel like AEW has the big problem of trying to go way too fast. Like, you don't got to rush it. They feel like because they try to get a thousand people on the show every week, they have to rush each segment. But that dilutes the segments. That makes the segments not mean much. That makes fucking uh, Powerhouse Hobbs turning on Ricky Starks. Like, oh my God, what just happened? And then quickly we're going into the next segment. It's like, yo, let people digest that shit. Let people fucking think about what just happened. You know what I mean? Like, that's the only thing. I think AEW needs somebody in charge who has knowledge of the wrestling business. Not saying Tony Khan doesn't, but has knowledge of running a show. Because at the end of the day, the one thing, I know Vince Russo gets a lot of hate. But I had him here on the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. And the one thing that I agree with Vince Russo about more than anything is at the end of the day, if you're on a national broadcast television show, you got to run it like a show. You can't run it like an indie fed. You got to run it like an episodic show because what's going to make people want to tune in next week? I told people who were fans of wrestling to sit down and watch AEW if they never watched it before. And they all say the same thing. That shit just was a marathon. It was way too much to digest. Like, it was good. The wrestling's good. But, like, before you finish one thing, you're on to the next thing. And I totally agree. Let's see what Kofi says here. It's a bad problem. Imagine having a bunch of 90% players on your team. Who who do you cycle out? How do you get people going? Yeah, I, I totally agree, bro. I totally agree. It's the same shit, man. No doubt, bro. I'll catch you later, man. Thanks for always supporting. Real talk. Even Triple H, this is from uh, Dom from Top Rope Wrestling Talk. Even Triple H said, it's going to take everyone when he took over. Tony took TV from Cody and has been doing it all himself since. Exactly. Yo, he needs a team effort for running the show. Like, it's good that he's starting to create an infrastructure of people to help with the corporate side of AEW. But it needs to be a team effort to run the show. They have to find our at your home first. Yep. I think that no doubt, AEW has a big issue on their hands. But nonetheless, I, I liked Rampage. I really did like the Mance Warner matchup with John Moxley. Um, I thought it would have been cooler if that matchup was also for the GCW title, since Mance Warner is a GCW uh, regular and John Moxley is your GCW champion. You know, we'll talk about the Forbidden Door. That would be nice if they went that route instead of making it a, you know, a challenge match for the AEW champion. See, that's what pissed Miro off because Miro put out a tweet like, who the fuck is this guy and why is he getting a title shot? Even though it wasn't a title shot, it was still, it's like, this is a guy who is relatively unknown. Like, I know Mance Warner. I'm a Mance Warner fan. 
but you can't expect every viewer of your show to know everything. You have to understand that there's going to be people tuning in for the first time, and they see John Moxley defending the title against someone who's not even signed. There's going to be questions there. You know, so that's why I feel like these things don't make sense. You couldn't have Mance Warner against anybody else. It had to be John Moxley. You can have John Moxley bleed to anybody else. You have a guy who's not signed coming in for his first matchup on TV, and he's fucking making your champion bleed? Does that shit make sense to anybody? Anyway, Rampage was good. I liked Battle of the Belts even better. This past Saturday, we had Battle of the Belts 3. There was three matches on this show. Match number one was Wardlow versus Jay Lethal for the TNT title. I thought that that was a good matchup, but I honestly thought that it was bad to book this matchup just because I knew Jay Lethal was going to lose, and Jay Lethal is too good of a talent to be losing right now. I think that Jay Lethal needs to be brought back to prominence because Jay Lethal is a legendary talent. He's going to go down in history. And right now, he hasn't done much in AEW. So having him lose a title match to Wardlow, it wasn't the best decision, in my opinion. I think that Wardlow is going to be a great, you know, champion, and it's good to see him continue to hold that title, but I wouldn't be putting him against guys who also need that shine to, you know, be brought back to that upper level like Jay Lethal right now. Clark Street. Tony Khan is a prime example of why fans shouldn't run a wrestling business. Yo, that's why I said Tony Khan should be the money man and he should put someone in charge of running the fucking show. Because the cracks are starting to show. You know what I mean? And I'm an AEW fan, and I'll tell you this right now. The cracks are really starting to fucking show. More on this later. Facts. Dom says, to be fair, Mox bleeds for everyone. I, I mean, true, but what does that tell you, though? Like, that, that just tells me that anybody could come in and fucking champion up. Like, dude. He shouldn't be bleeding to someone who's not signed to the goddamn company. It would be different if this was for the GCW champion. Then it's, all right, you got a GCW mainstay versus the GCW champion. GCW's a hardcore promotion. Like, all right, it makes a little bit more sense. But I don't know. I just didn't like that fact. Anyway, we also had on this show Battle of the Belts. We had Thunder Rosa versus uh, Jamie Hayter, which I thought was a fresh matchup for Thunder Rosa. Cool to see Jamie Hayter get a title shot. Thunder Rosa continues as the women's champion. I thought it was a decent matchup. The matchup that I really love, though. Unfortunately, it may be one of his last couple matches in the United States for a while, but Konosuke Takeshita is a fucking hell of a wrestler. And he went to war with Claudio Castagnoli for that Ring of Honor champion. That matchup was great. Like, there's no doubt about it. That matchup was a banger. I'm so sad that Claude, uh, that Konosuke is not going to be in the United States for much longer because his three-month excursion with uh, AEW is coming up. But real talk, Konosuke is... I would have loved to see if Konosuke was... If he was put in with the Blackpool Combat Club. We had William Regal praising him. We had... If you guys saw, like there was a video afterwards of William Regal shaking Konosuke's hand afterwards. Konosuke Takeshita just fits with the Blackpool Combat Club perfectly like a glove. But he's been putting on hell of a, a run all over America. Great matches after great matches. He had that banger with uh, Hangman Page. He had that banger with John Moxley. He had that banger with um, Eddie Kingston. And now he put on a fucking banger with Claudio. Claudio retains, but this was a hell of a matchup. Go out of your way. I believe that if you want to talk about the best matchup of the weekend, it was probably Kanosuke Takeshita versus Claudio Castagnoli, Battle of the Belts for the Ring of Honor champion. Good show. Um, I liked it. I, 
I just hope that AEW tightens the screws. That's that's all I hope for. Like they're a good show, but they need to tighten those screws up to make it a great show. You know what I mean? From Dom, I'm still begging for the Combat Club to let Kanosuke to catch the in. He been exactly. He had bangers with Mox, Claudio. He had bangers with everybody he's been in the ring with. So most definitely, I would love to see Kanosuke to catch the in, the Blackpool Combat Club. Ladies and gentlemen, we are about to go back in time. This is what we do here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. We go all the way back, and we're going to be talking about Monday Night Wars. Raw is war. War. Why did I say it like that? Raw is war from September 22nd, 1997. Historic Raw, the very first Raw from Madison Square Garden. We're going to be talking about that, and they're going to be, def- they're going, to be going against Nitro, which had a historic show as well. We'll be talking about Nitro. So we'll be right back with this commercial break. When we come back, we'll be talking all about Raw versus Nitro from 1997. We're going back in time, so make sure you strap in your fucking seatbelts because this is what we do on the Wrestling DeLorean. We go back in time. So make sure you stay right here. We'll be right back. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. listeners this is mean gene of three falls brand are you a fan of wrestling are you also a fan of rock music if so check out threefallsbrand.com for all your wrestle punk merch we've got tons of wrestler and band mashup designs to choose from whether it be rvd and black sabbath atsushi onita and the lower class brats doink the clown and the addicts or mortis and the misfits we've got you covered also follow us on instagram at three falls brand again Check us out at threefallsbrand.com and on Instagram at threefallsbrand. Thanks, and continue enjoying this episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast.
cuff in the hood. Till the wolves come. Bitches let it drink in the club. Till the wolves come. Surrounded by the sheep in the street. Till the wolves come. What's good? Yo, if you like this song right now, check out my rap group, Lords of Gotham. This is our new track, Wolves. Summertime, better be careful where you're at. That's the key. Here we shout to Eddie Nick. Follow us at Lords underscore of underscore Gotham. Let's talk about Monday Night Raw from... Word, shout out, Dom, you know what I mean? I appreciate you, homie. All right, let's talk about Monday Night Raw from September 22nd, 1997. This was the very first Raw from Madison Square Garden. Now, we just saw Raw from Madison Square Garden last Monday in the modern days, so it was really cool to go back to see the very first Raw. And it's not like we went back to this purposely. This just happened to be the next Raw on the list of shows that we watch here on the Wrestling DeLorean. So let's talk about it. We start out with the IC title tournament that we've been talking about for the last couple weeks. It is Rocky Maivia versus Ahmed Johnson. Really good matchup, but Ahmed Johnson is back from injury. He wins the matchup. Rocky Maivia is with the Nation of Domination. You know, this was a historic Raw just because not only it being the first Raw from Madison Square Garden, but we had classic moments on this. First of all, we are on a collision course to bad blood. The very first ever Hell in a Cell matchup between Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. We got footage of the night before where Shawn Michaels defeats, not the night before, the weekend before, where Shawn Michaels defeats the British Bulldog in his hometown at one night only and is now your European champion. He will be facing the Undertaker for the World Heavyweight Champion at Bad Blood. You know, during this uh, night, Undertaker is brought out. He says that it doesn't matter who it is, whether it's Shawn, Brett, Hunter, anybody who steps up against the Undertaker, he's going to destroy they announced that Bret Hart is your number one contender. Well, Bret Hart's the champion. Bret Hart is going to be, uh, what's called, facing the winner of his Hell in a Cell matchup at, Bad, um, at Survivor Series. So the winner of the Bad Blood Hell in a Cell match will be facing Bret Hart at Survivor Series in Montreal, which I'm sure by now everyone could put together what happens. But anyway... Shawn Michaels comes out. Shawn Michaels says that, you know, a lot of people expect him to be scared of The Undertaker, but he ain't scared of nobody. He says Shawn Michaels lays down to nobody. And he said, why would I be scared of the dead man when I'm the only Grand Slam champion? In actuality, I shouldn't even have to face The Undertaker in Hell in a Cell. I should just be getting the goddamn title shot against Bret Hart. This is a thing that we're going to be seeing throughout the night. Well, this ain't the last we've seen of Undertaker versus uh, Shawn Michaels here. Also on the show in the IC title tournament, we have Brit- well, we have Owen Hart versus Brian Pillman, who comes out with Marlena because Marlena is now with him because Brian Pillman beat Goldust at the last pay-per-view for Marlena's services. Uh, Brian Pillman says that he was having sex with Marlena, and while he was having sex with Marlena, he broke his arm because he slipped in the tub. So he's faking an arm injury. So he says that he ain't going to be able to compete tonight against Owen Hart. He just wants Owen Hart to take the victory Take the heel forfeit. He could go on in the IC title tournament. This leads to Commissioner Sergeant Slaughter to come out and say, "Uh uh-uh, you ain't going to get out that easily. You're not going to come out and say that you have a fake injury. This matchup is going to happen. And he starts the matchup. So at first, we got Owen Hart and Brian Pillman kind of making a mockery of the matchup, doing a lot of jokes, doing a lot of fake, uh, what's called technical wrestling. Um, And then Marlena 
just so happens to hit Owen Hart with her purse, which leads to Owen Hart going after Marlena, and then Brian Pillman getting pissed off at Owen Hart for going after Marlena and causing a matchup between the two. So they actually ended up having a real matchup. Dom says, holy shit, I'm 18 again. This is awesome. Hell yeah, you know what I mean? I, I'm only like three years old at this time, so we're back in time, homie. Anyway, so they end up having a matchup, but the matchup is thrown out when Goldust comes out. He chases off Brian Pillman. Brian Pillman is counted out, and then out from the crowd is Stone Cold Steve Austin. So since this is the first time a lot of you may be listening to the podcast, we were at the point where Stone Cold Steve Austin is showing up on Raw despite being injured with a neck injury from SummerSlam when Owen Hart pile-drived them on his head. Stone Cold Steve Austin wants a piece of Owen Hart's ass. Even though Owen Hart has a restraining order against Stone Cold, Stone Cold can't come in within 100 feet of Owen Hart. So Stone Cold, he jumps in the ring. He starts putting the beat down to Owen Hart. The cops come out. They over here, they're ready to arrest him. This man comes out. He tries to prevent that from happening. He's like, yo, let me talk to him. Calm down. Let me talk to him. You know what I mean? This is the famous, famous segment where Vince McMahon is trying to tell Stone Cold to work within the system. We care for you. You can't be coming out here. You're going to get injured. We care for you. We don't want you getting hurt. You know what I mean? We don't want you getting injured. You're already, we don't want you to have a life-threatening injury. Stone Cold then says, you know, I appreciate that you care. I'll work within your system. And then... It's the legendary moment. Stone Cold says, I also appreciate that you could kiss my ass. Boom. Stone Cold stunner on Vince McMahon for the first time ever. Now think about that feud. Stone Cold and Vince McMahon is a feud that's probably one of the greatest in WWE history. But on this night, Stone Cold Steve Austin hit the Stone Cold stunner on Vince McMahon for the first time ever. And then he gets arrested. So it was an awesome moment, especially in front of that New York crowd who ate this shit up. They were loving every second of this. After this segment, yo, we are just rocking and rolling on Raw because right after this, it is said to be Triple H, Hunter Hearst Helmsley versus uh, Dude Love. But on the big screen, we got Dude Love saying that tonight, he's not going to be facing Hunter Hearst Helmsley in the Falls Count Anywhere match. He said that's not Dude Love style. So he goes and says he knows somebody who will. And this is all on the screen. Then out comes Mankind. And Mankind says as much as he would love to destroy Triple H in the Falls Count Anywhere matchup, he knows a man who will be even better for the job. And we get the debut of Cactus Jack. Now, this is very significant because when Jim Ross was trying to get Mick Foley signed by the WWE in 95, Jim Ross was trying to get the WWE to sign Cactus Jack. And it was uh, this man who didn't see nothing in the Cactus Jack character. And that's the whole infamous, well, I only hired Mick Foley so you could experience heartbreak, Jim Ross, whatever. All that bullshit, right? Talk about being out of touch even back then. Shit. All that bullshit. But we're seeing Cactus Jack here on WWF television. Cactus Jack, somebody who tore it up all over WCW. Someone who tore it up all over ECW just a year before this. Somebody who was killing it in Japan in fucking IWA fucking death matches with Terry Funk blowing up in fucking flaming chairs and barbed wire matches. We got Cactus Jack, the hardcore legend here against Triple H, and they have a true ECW-style brawl. This was fucking insane. And I fucking ate this shit up. The crowd ate this shit up. They were chanting ECW. 
you know that fucking New York crowd is a smart crowd. So they already was chanting ECW. This matchup was insane. Very new for the time period, too. Something that you don't typically see on WWF television. They were fighting all over the crowd. They were fighting all over the arena, into the fucking back. And then the match ends after all these weapons were being used, weapons that you don't see in the WWF. The match ends with Cactus Jack hitting a huge pile driver through a table on the entranceway to Triple H for the 1-2-3 victory. Amazing, amazing matchup. Great to see Cactus Jack in the WWF. And great to see hardcore wrestling for real this time for the first time in the WWF. The main event of the show was Goldust versus Bret Hart. This matchup was good. Um, very solid, but the real story is what happened after this matchup. We had Shawn Michaels run down with uh, Triple H, with China, with, uh, what's it called? Rick Rude at the time, and DX basically jumps Bret Hart, which leads to the Hart Foundation coming out and battling DX. And then the show goes off the air with Undertaker coming out and just taking out everybody. One man took out every member of the Hart Foundation, took out every member of DX, and just to put a nail in the coffin, no pun intended, Undertaker hits a huge double choke slam on both Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Raw goes off the air. The New York City crowd is going crazy. At the end of the show, we had a holy shit chant, which is not the norm for 1997 WWE. So that was really cool to see. But basically, this Raw was fucking awesome. I enjoyed it. Man, I give this shit a strong 4.5 out of 5. I thought this was great. This was an A-plus Raw. Definitely good. But it wasn't going to be an easy victory because WCW put on one hell of a show, too, that night. So to end the show, our last review, let's talk about WCW Nitro from the same night, September 22nd, 1997. So Nitro starts out with Tony Schiavone, Mike Tanay, and uh, Larry Zbysko giving the rundown of what's on the show tonight. And Eric Bischoff, he confronts Larry Zbysko saying that he stuck his nose in NWO business at Fall Brawl by counting out uh, Scott Hall in the Scott Hall versus Lex Luger matchup. Uh, Larry Zbysko doesn't give a fuck about Eric Bischoff. He was like, I do that shit again. Fuck you. You know what I mean? So shout out to Larry Zbysko. He's a real one. But anyway, first matchup of the night, we got Luchador action. It is Silver King versus Rey Mysterio Jr. Uh, really good matchup. During the matchup, we see Raven in the crowd. He's making his way to the crowd. We've been seeing Raven for the last couple weeks in WCW, just sitting in the crowd. Shout out to Raven. You know what I mean? Nevermore. Anyway, Eddie Guerrero makes his way out. Eddie Guerrero is feuding with Rey Mysterio. This is leading up to their Halloween Havoc matchup. So, you know, it's funny because last Friday, um, me and the homie Ivan was talking about how great that matchup was between Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio, and I said it was the best match in WCW history. And that matchup is coming up at the following pay-per-view. So we'll be talking all about that real soon when we cover Halloween Havoc 1997 here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast in about a week or so. In the end, Rey Mysterio beats Silver King with a huge poison run off the top rope, and then he goes right into the West Coast pop. Definitely dope. Next matchup, we got Hugh Morris versus the debut of Goldberg. Now think about this. We got on one channel, Stone Cold Steve Austin stunning Vince McMahon for the first time ever. And on the other channel, we got the debut of Goldberg. This was a historic night from both Raw and Nitro. 
So definitely really cool to see Goldberg. Goldberg makes quick work of Hugh Morris, which is big because Hugh Morris was actually getting a bit of a push at this time. So the commentators definitely thought that this was going to be a squash match for Hugh Morris. Shout out to my dog in the background. Sorry about that. Uh, everyone thought that this was going to be a squash match for Hugh Morris, but instead it was a squash match for the newcomer, Goldberg. After the match, Mean Gene tries to get an interview with the newcomer, and Goldberg has nothing to say. You know, for all the shit that I give Goldberg, I feel like watching this old footage of Goldberg in his debut kind of make me like fall back in love with what Goldberg was. I remember when I was a youngster, I fucking loved Goldberg. I love that streak. I love the fucking dominance. You know what I mean? I wasn't looking for, oh, who, who's the better wrestler or who's going out there. And I was just looking for like compelling shit and Goldberg was compelling. And I got to say, real talk, Goldberg was the man back in the fucking day. Like, I might not like him now, like, but shit, Goldberg was the man. Anyway, Scott Hall comes out. Comes out with a six-pac. He does his survey. You know what I mean? How many of you are here for WCW? Boo. How many of you are here for the NWO? Everybody goes crazy. He then talks about how Larry Zbysko is a bitch. He said, Larry Zbysko, you're a bitch. And you are going to stick your nose in my business because... You have backup from Lex Luger. So why don't Lex Luger come out here right now? Even though it was announced earlier in the show that Lex Luger is not there tonight. Scott Hall says, just as I thought, Lex Luger is no real man. He's not the man. He's not coming out here. So then it leads to Larry Zbysko coming down, and he says he has an opponent for Scott Hall. That opponent is Hector Garza. Shout out Hector Garza. You know what I mean? Rest in peace to Hector Garza, luchador legend. Actually, the uncle of Angel Garza on... WWE television now. Anyway, Scott Hall laughs us off. He looks at this as an easy night in the office. But, surprise, surprise, Hector Garza gets the upset victory on Scott Hall. Because Scott Hall's too busy trying to bully the referee. Hector Garza rolls him up, one, two, three, only a minute into the matchup. Big victory, but this leads to Scott Hall just basically jumping Hector Garza with six pock, and then Scott Hall hits the razor's edge on Hector Garza and the referee, which pisses off Larry Zbysko even more. We got a lot of luchadors on this match, on this uh, show so far. We had Rey Mysterio, we had Silver King, we had Hector Garza, and now we have a luchador four-on-four eight-man tag. And this matchup is fucking awesome. It is La Parca, Psychosis, and Vivajanos versus Ultimo Dragon, Lizmark Jr., Uvitu Guerrero, and Sicople. This matchup was a banger. Yo, go out of your way. First of all, I love how at this time Nitro was bringing that international stars and that high-flying luchador action that you wasn't seeing on the other channel. Definitely cool. I think that this is very similar to a modern-day AEW four-on-four uh, -four tag match. So if you're into that shit, this matchup was a innovator for that type of style. So check that out. What we got here? We got Lennox Coleman. Classic moments in wrestling history. Hell fucking yeah, bro. That's what we do here on the Wrestling DeLorean. That's what we talk about. We talk about the classics. You know what I mean? Anyway, good matchup. Juventud Guerrero wins the matchup for his team. Out next, we got the commissioner, Roddy Roddy Piper. He's talking about how, you know, I run shit here. There's a new sheriff in town, and we're going to make sure we lay the law on the NWO. So he says, at Halloween Havoc 1997, he's going to be make the matchup of Lex Luger versus Scott Hall. And that matchup will be contested under a special guest referee who will be Larry Zbysko. And then he says he wants Hollywood Hulk Hogan 
in a motherfucking cage match. He said that at Fall Brawl, we had the war games between NWO and uh, the Four Horsemen. And WCW upper management said that the war games matchup was so violent that they want to ban all cage matches from WCW. But because it is so violent, he wouldn't have a matchup with Hulk Hogan in any other matchup. He wants Hulk Hogan in the cage. So it's going down at Halloween Havoc, cage match, Roddy Piper versus Hulk Hogan, two old nemesis facing each other again. It's going to be awesome. Uh, We had a good matchup between the Steiner brothers and the Faces of Fear, Meng and Barbarian, which I like, in my opinion, was a shock that the Faces of Fear actually won the matchup because I thought the Steiner brothers was going to win that. But Faces of Fear win the matchup when Meng puts the uh, Tonga death grip on Rick Steiner. Hollywood Hulk Hogan's out next. He comes out with Eric Bischoff. Hogan calls out Sting. He said, where's Sting? Sting likes to stick his nose in WCW NWO business, but Sting is not here because he's, you know, not a man. He said to, to quote his friend Scott Hall, Sting just doesn't have what it takes. He says that um, Bischoff, Bischoff says that Sting is scared to death of Hulk Hogan. That's why he only shows up to face Hulk Hogan when Hulk Hogan doesn't expect it. Hulk Hogan then also bows and gives his blessing for Kurt Henning joining the NWO this past week at Fall Brawl. He says that he's going to put Piper to pasture just like Kurt Henning put Ric Flair to pasture this past Sunday. He says that he will go against Roddy Piper in the cage match, and he's going to eat Piper alive in the cage match because Piper will be destroyed by him. He'll be destroyed by the NWO because NWO is just too sweet. Speaking of NWO, next we got the Macho Man, Randy Savage. He's in a matchup against Stevie Richards. Raven's in the crowd. This was a squash match. Um, Macho Man just fucking destroyed Stevie Richards. But afterwards, we had a stare down between Raven and Macho Man. So if that goes anywhere, that's going to be dope. Because that's a matchup I never thought I'd see. Raven versus Macho Man, Randy Savage? Like, I'm with that. Main event, though, we got Jeff Jarrett versus Kurt Hennig for the TV title. This was actually a really good matchup. Great back and forth matchup. Um, in the end, Macho Man helped Kurt Hennig win by hitting Jeff Jarrett with the title belt. NWO comes out to celebrate, and then the whole entire NWO jumps Jeff Jarrett all the way until the Giant comes out and runs down the NWO to go off the air. This was a great fucking show. Great show. So, I mean, I give this a 4.5 out of 5, too. So, it's hard to say who had the better show, Raw or Nitro. Both shows had historic moments. Both shows had amazing matches. Both shows had amazing crowds, amazing storylines. And I gave the same grade to both. But here, we don't give out participation trophies. We don't talk about, oh, well, it's a tie. Fuck ties. You know what I mean? I'm going to give you a winner every week. And this week, I'm going to say that Monday Night Raw from September 22nd, 1997, is the victory. They got the victory. They beat Nitro just by a tad bit. And I'm going to tell you why. That Madden Square Garden crowd. Madison Square Garden, that New York crowd was fucking ruckus, raucous the whole fucking show. They were going absolutely bananas the whole show where everything felt like a big moment. Where in actuality, 
WCW had some pretty big moments with some of the luchadors, but that crowd wasn't really behind it. So I feel like the crowd added just that little bit for Raw to win this this week up, the Monday Night War. I think both shows were great, but I'd give Raw a slight edge on points. Shouts to Dom. I'm right there with you. I think that Madison Square Garden crowd just edged it out for them because, you know, that was an ECW-style crowd, and I fucking love ECW. ECW chance, holy shit chance, you fucked up chance when fucking Rocky Maivia slipped off the top rope. That, that's not a WWF type of thing to see. So Raw edges it out. This is how we do it on Mondays. We have Raw versus Nitro, and we talk about who we think has the better show at the end. Um, Yeah. Speaking of ECW, this Wednesday on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast here live on the Circle Debate, we are going to be talking about ECW Hardcore TV from 1998. Every Monday, we talk about Raw versus Nitro. Every Wednesday, we talk about ECW. And every Friday, we talk about TNA Impact back in the day. So make sure if you're an ECW fan like Dom is, like the South Philly Psycho is, you know you got to tune in this Wednesday to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Shout out to everybody who tuned in. I appreciate you all. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you subscribe to the Circle Debate. Make sure you subscribe to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'll be here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday live on the Circle Debate YouTube channel. I'll also be on the Circle Debate every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. So if you have, you know, if you have your Mike De Niro needs every day of the week, just tune into the Circle Debate YouTube channel and you'll be catching me here. Dom says the face of the Foley segment lean to Cactus Jack debuting is the facts. Yo, I got to say, like, that fucking segment was awesome. Anyway, shout out to everybody in the chat. Shout out to everybody who supported. Thank you so much for making this very first episode of the Wrestling DeLorean podcast on the Circle Debate YouTube channel a success. I appreciate everybody who supports, especially the League of Extraordinary Podcasts. Thank you for showing out live here tonight. And real talk, I am so grateful for you guys. If you don't already, follow on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. I will be here on Wednesday. Make sure you enjoy Monday Night Raw tonight. We'll be talking all about Monday Night Raw on Wednesday. I love you guys. Thank you so much for supporting. I'll be back here on Wednesday. Stay safe. Stay strong. Stay positive. Peace out. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take your business to the next level. Shopify is the commerce platform that makes it easy to show up and sell exactly the way you want to. No need to code or design. Sign up for your $1 per month trial period today. Visit shopify.com slash offer 23 to get started. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.